Norma McCorvey, an impoverished single mother, was pregnant with her third child. Knowing she couldn't afford another kid, she wanted an abortion. The problem? She lives in Texas. Abortions were only legal for medical reasons. Women, however, would still find their way to back alley clinics, risking their lives so they wouldn't have to give it up for a life they didn't want. After a failed back alley abortion, Norma approached two attorneys who helped her challenge the law. Here it's the question of whether or not the state, by the statute, will force the woman to continue. The woman should be given that freedom, just as the doctor has the freedom to decide what procedures he will carry out and what he will refuse to his patients. I'll be sure that I get your argument in focus. I I take it from your recent remarks that uh, you are urging upon us abortion on demand of the woman alone, not in conjunction with her physician. I am urging that in this particular context, this statute is unconstitutional. That in the Baird versus Eisenstadt case, this court said if the right of privacy is to mean anything, it is the right of the individual, whether married or single, to make determinations for themselves. It seems to me that you cannot say this is a woman of this particular doctor and this particular woman. It is, it is, it seems to me, uh, Well, doesn't it follow from that then that a woman can come into a doctor's office and say, I want an abortion? And he can say, I'm sorry, I don't perform them. And then what does she do? She goes elsewhere. They won the case, setting a precedent that under the 14th Amendment, women were allowed to obtain an abortion. Norma McCorvey is better known by the name used in the court documents, though. Jane Roe. And the precedent that this case set, followed by all the other cases, has been overturned by the USA's Supreme Court, making access to safe abortion illegal in a country that likes to flaunt its freedoms. Just like in the case of Norma, women will seek out abortion if they need one. Making it illegal just makes it unsafe. And nowadays, there's a lot more risk of getting caught than there used to be. I'm Jacqueline Swan, and this is Technality, a podcast that explores how technology is shaping our future. And today, I'm deleting my period tracking apps. I don't have a guest for the episode this week because this episode is more of a warning. A warning of how, as rights are taken away, technology can be used to punish those who seek to fight back. Roe v. Wade being overturned in the United States is an example of what happens when a select few have power. Regardless of precedence, constitutional rights, and outcries from the country, the protests largely peaceful. Gatherings once again outside the Justice's D.C. area homes Friday and stretching from coast to coast today. NBC's Jesse Kirsch is in New York. Which is why I would pay close attention to women's rights where you live. Take my country, Canada. Let me be really, really clear. In Canada, we will always defend women's rights to choose and continue to work to expand Uh, access to the full range of reproductive and health and services uh, across the country. While our current Liberal Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, promises to protect the right to an abortion, it still hasn't been codified into our charter, meaning that abortion is just as much at risk here as it was in the States. And the rumblings among the more right-leaning parties have begun. 
Truly, it only takes a driven party of a few to roll back the rights of half a population. And it's not just happening in North America. Poland rolled back abortion rights in 2021, limiting terminations to fetuses conceived of rape, incest, or if the pregnancy is dangerous. The pendulum is swinging, and it is terrifying to watch hard-won rights rolled back, especially when this seems more like controlling women than protecting fetuses. Margaret Atwood was correct in saying she's not a science fiction writer, as Handmaid's Tale is coming to life in front of us. Girls. Hmm. I know this must feel very strange, but ordinary is just what you're used to. This may not seem ordinary to you right now, but after a time it will. And blessed be, I'm not here to debate this topic. I'm here to speak to those who are looking for an abortion in countries, and specifically those in the United States states that outright ban the abortion, that your data could get you in trouble. Say you're in a state that outright bans abortion. Even if you obtain an abortion from a state that allows it, you can still be convicted when you return home. But how would they know? How could they prove you were pregnant? How could they prove you didn't miscarry? Let's start with your period tracking app, which you should delete, like right now, if abortion is illegal in your state. Get a pen and pencil, but just delete your period tracking app. Some states like Texas allow regular citizens to sue anyone who helped someone else get an abortion, while Louisiana is considering a bill that could allow women who choose to get an abortion to be charged with homicide. ABC News legal contributor Brian Buckmeyer joins me live now for more on all of this. Brian, how realistic are these concerns that phone data could potentially be used as evidence if this decision is finalized and these bans and restrictions go into effect? Very realistic because local law enforcement and even federal law enforcement have the tools and the know-how to do exactly what we're describing. All you need for a search of a phone, which is basically a warrant, is probable cause. So if you're arrested for any of these crimes that we're describing that these states are looking to put on the books, uh, there's already probable cause because you're arrested. So they can start searching your phone for, as you described, uh, your location, where you may have gone if you went close to or uh, near an abortion clinic, or your Google searches or text messages, or if you have an app where you're putting that personal information, for example, your your menstrual cycle and stopped periodically and then started back again later, that can be used as evidence against you. These apps track your ovulation cycle from month to month, gathering data about how long your cycles are, how long you bled for, when you ovulate, everything. It's an intimate journal of your reproductive system that helps you know you, and also lets a court of law potentially know you. If after months of a consistent cycle you don't get your period one month, that might suggest you were pregnant. And if your cycle returns to normal a month or so later, maybe you were pregnant. Maybe you did get an abortion as soon as you realized you were late. Maybe you miscarried. Maybe you just missed a period from stress. Period apps provide a comprehensive breakdown of your cycle that reveals so much about the choices you might be making. This data isn't secret either. Like any other app, your data is being sold. You only need to go on a data buying marketplace like Narrative to obtain information about who installed period apps. 
and a court only needs to subpoena these app makers to get a treasure trove of information on your cycle. And if you do get an abortion, your location history might also give you away. While this info doesn't name names, you only need to do a little detective work to link some things together. Let's say you buy data for an abortion clinic in a state that is neighbors with a state where abortion is outright banned. While you can't see names directly, you can see where people go before and after. If they mainly spend their time in Texas, but took a quick trip to a Planned Parenthood in California, and then they go back to Texas, well, someone who wants to prove something could use this data to find names, and if they are in Texas, they could sue. If you left the state pregnant but came back not pregnant, a court could also just subpoena your location information. And of course, the same thing goes for your text messages and phone calls. If you just text a friend that you're pregnant or going out of state for a procedure, that is evidence against you. And nowadays we know that algorithms know us incredibly well. So much so that there is a classic story of a man getting mad at Target because they were sending his daughter coupons for pregnancy materials. Target's advanced advertising system even knew about a teenage girl's pregnancy before she could break the news to her own father. And he found out when the store sent her maternity deals in the mail. This story now sparking debate over whether companies' marketing techniques are going too far. Tech reveals so much more about us than we even realize, and it can get some women into trouble now. From your medical history, to location data, to text. This can all be used in a court of law to punish a woman for a choice they made regarding their own body. The conveniences afforded to us by tech are just as convenient for those trying to stifle freedoms. If you haven't read The Handmaid's Tale, I highly recommend it. Or watch the show if you don't read. Had another name, but it's forbidden now. So many things are forbidden now. Atwood, like all good science fiction, was speculating what it would look like in the States if theocracy took over while birth rates were collapsing which is eerily similar to what we're seeing nowadays. But like in The Handmaid's Tale, and like what we've historically seen when human rights are trampled upon and people are subjected to archaic laws and control, there are people fighting back. As a former labor and delivery nurse, I've participated in medical needed abortions and walked those mamas and daddies and siblings through that horrific circumstance. And if they can't come to the hospital to get it safely, more women are going to die in back alleys and cars in their basements. It's going to be horrific. Not only with global protests, but with an underground railroad for those living in states where abortion is now illegal. People are offering their homes as places for people to stay to recover after an abortion. Saying that those who are pregnant can come to and stay at their farm to relax, or come up for a wine tour, or whatever alibi they need. There are people who deeply care about what's happening, because like in Handmaid's Tale, we know this is only the start. To those who don't think this affects them, think again. The Supreme Court has said they want to look at other precedents that aren't in the Constitution. But you know what's also not in the Constitution? A woman's right to vote. And the Supreme Court justices in the states have already suggested looking at other rulings like gay marriage. So 
So, Elliot, I want to read a little bit from uh, Justice Samuel Alito. He says, we hold that Rowan Casey, which was the 1992 decision, must be overruled. The Constitution makes no reference to abortion, and no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision, including the one on which the defenders of Rowan Casey now chiefly rely, due process clause of the 14th Amendment. Uh, Justice Alito saying it's not in the original text, therefore it does not exist. Uh, that has implications not just for abortion rights. Right. Uh, any number of rights. And even though he sort of hints, and, he's, and he did this in, in that first draft, mm -hmm. that no, those other rights aren't on the chopping block. Look, um, the dissent from Justice Thomas makes very clear that there is a voice on the Supreme Court that is willing to go after or at least address the questions of um, same-sex marriage or contraception or whatever. And it's the same general legal framework that would strike them down. So that's, you know, point one. Point two is that um, right now, Justices Kavanaugh and Roberts in their concurrence made clear that maybe, you know, we're not going to go all the way there yet. Well, that means that, that we're one justice away if one of them were to leave the court uh, or change their mind or whatever else from those uh, questions coming up. So I think, you know, there isn't any more clarity today than there was yesterday. And we're sort of entering the legal Wild West here on any number of questions. This is about controlling a population and enforcing religious ideals, something the United States has claimed to always be against. They've technically fought literal wars against it. This is not the separation of church and state, and it's surely not something you would expect from a country that says they're the land of the free. So I leave you with this passage from Atwood's Handmaid's Tale. We lived as usual, by ignoring. Ignoring isn't the same as ignorance. You have to work at it. Part of the language, in that case, uh, that three-judge court held the Connecticut statute, uh, a slightly revised statute for the second time to be unconstitutional. And part of the language of that case pointed out that no decision, and I'm quoting, of the Supreme Court has ever permitted anyone's constitutional right to be directly abridged to protect a state interest which is subject to such a variety of personal judgments. And certainly the amicus briefs stacked before the court show the variety of personal judgments uh, that come to bear on this particular situation. To uphold such a statute, the court said, would be to permit the state to impose its view of the nature of a fetus upon those who have the constitutional right to base an important decision in their personal lives upon a different view. Thank you for listening to Technality, a Narcity Media podcast. It's hosted and produced by me, Jacqueline Swan. To never miss an episode, you can subscribe to Technality wherever you listen to your podcasts. And for more content about where our future is headed, head over to Technality Socials.